Welcome to a Night Shift Football Red Edition. We've got a bit of a different episode to bring you this week. Uh, we've got the men's team playing Melbourne City Thursday night. We're recording on Wednesday afternoon. It's the 24th of January. And last night, being the Tuesday night, Cooper, who is here with me, say hello, Cooper. Hey, Sammy. How you going? Excellent. You? Yeah, good. Good stuff. Um, Cooper and I attended the Adelaide United 20th anniversary dinner. We ummed and art about attending this for a while, didn't we? And then... I think some circumstances changed and we ended up just biting the bullet and I could not be happier with our choice. Yeah, really good night. Really enjoyed myself. Um, I'm really glad we go. And I want to just a quick thank you to the Red Army as well. We gave them a thanks for a few tickets the other week when we were in Melbourne and, and thanks for their support getting us there as well this time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very generous. Uh, great group. If you're not a member of the Red Army, I suggest uh, getting involved with that and finding out how to, if you go find them at RGK or at a game and... um. Uh, that membership money goes towards the TFOs and banners and flags and drums and things like that. All the things that make High Marsh one of the one of the best atmospheres in the A League. Uh, I'm just going to go. I think we're going to go. I've got a bit of a chron- chronological list here of how the night went. If that's okay with you, I took. I tried to take notes best I could. Obviously, towards the end of the, end of the night, they got hazier and hazier as we racked up that. <laughs> you made made use of that drinks package at the bar. Um, I was lucky enough to have a seat about five meters away from the bar. With a, <laughs> I had a very very good. Um, uh, waiter who uh, she kept coming over and as soon as I finished the last mouthful was like would you like another I was like I can go like, no 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 I got you bang brought another one back so yeah it was just they were going down like water um but just to start with I think for people that don't know like this this was held in the McGarry room at Adelaide Oval and if you've never been um this is so you walk across the bridge into the Telstra Plaza you're looking at the oval um and right above you you see that wall of windows and that is like the McGarry room is in there so on one side of that room is looking out over the Oval, like Adelaide Oval, gorgeous, by the way. Um, and at the other side is just looking out over Adelaide, out over the plaza, out over the river. Beautiful place. We walk in and there was a wall of shirts as we walked in, uh, many of which we are told were kindly donated by Sean Castellan. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. I met Sean maybe once or twice uh, a long, long time ago. I think he's living in the Netherlands again at the moment. But Sean's a bit of a well-known football shirt collector in Adelaide. I was wondering, do you – well, firstly, it was great to see some of those old kits, but do you have any – do you have any favourites out of all those old Adelaide kits that are up on the wall there? I saw you eyeing them off like you were going to potentially walk out with a couple. <laughs> no, you know me. I'm a, I'm a fond Adelaide United shirt and sports memorabilia collector as well. Um, yep. And I think just – the entire the way that we have had now obviously 20 years just the amount of of different shirts we've worn and being able to as a such a passionate supporter of Adelaide United and I'm sure it was the same for most people there being able to walk up to that wall and see all those different shirts and just pinpoint different moments in the history of the club that happened wearing wearing those shirts I could have spent hours standing next to that wall talking about those shirts to the right people during the night so it was awesome to see it um there's a few personal favourites I have. One that many don't know about and I wish we'd actually go back to and wear as a kit during an A-League season like Brisbane Raw did this year. There was a lovely uh, Adelaide United Indigenous shirt that we wore on a pre-season yep. tour to the Northern Territory one year. Yeah. Um, great shirt. I, I've seen one or two in existence outside of actually being worn in that game. Yeah, okay. To see one on the wall last night was awesome. And then obviously uh, your Asian Champions League and your, and your Club World Cup. Yeah. They're, just, they're just fond memories for everyone. I um I always really I really struggle with um putting together shirts and what season and what years they were like I I remember like they they trigger a memory like you remember seeing those shirts or whatever um uh, but I I'm not very good at like narrowing in when they're from but the one I like 
so much. I think it might be 06, 07, maybe Champions League era. I'm not sure. But with the Sakai on it and it's got the blue down the sides, I'm not sure. We may have had Sakai on it for years and I just I just can't tell. But, um, yeah, that's that's a personal favourite of mine. Um, so we walked in there. I guess this first the first hour or so is like they had all the tables roped off and we're just kind of mingling around. Um, we... We were just kind of standing in there. We were mingling with like, we were with um, Shane and DJ and the Go Sunny Solar crew that one of the main sponsors of Adelaide United. Um, and I just remember feeling a bit like a kid, like looking around the room and just seeing some of the guys as the crowd started to fill up, there was a group forming right behind where we were standing. And it was like your Richie Alligate, your John Cosmina, your Carl Veer. And I know it's like people will say it's only A-League and it's only Australian football, but this is something we've poured so much of our energy and our passion into over the years. It's just really awesome to see these guys and just hear them all just chatting and acting normal. And Robbie Cornthwaite was telling great stories about his golf swing and stuff. And uh, it was just just all around good vibes. And I was just like, like a little kid just looking around the room. I think... Um, I felt like I accidentally made eye contact with Carl once or twice. And both times I felt this absolute fear come over me and I was going to shit myself. Nah, uh, you're spot on. It was like being a kid in a candy store seeing not just, I know lots of people and the, and the young kids would get around the the current players and, and what are their heroes at the moment. But for, for people with us who have been watching this club for a majority of the 20 years or all of the 20 years, seeing some of these guys that were part of the, part of the first teams and um Schenken Chu was there last night yeah. which was an unbelievable throwback for a lot of people yep. um but just yeah so many great players around um I remember you, you tapping me on their shoulder and and leaning in and sort of whispering to me and going if you turn around and have a look at these blokes here if you could <laughs> if you could go out on a night out with one of these guys who would it be and we just sort of looked at each other and I just went Cozzy and it was like yeah because Cozzy <laughs> walked in he no t- formal event no tie you could tell he didn't really want to be wearing the jacket he had the top button popped he walked in he grabbed a beer and he just plonked himself down at the table and that glass was, of glass he, of red glass of red even if yeah. he, and if he could have stayed there all night I think he would have he just uh, he just came in and just plonked himself on the corner if they had like a little stage thing set up for that a, a camera was on because all the all the events of the tonight of the night everything that happened on the stage was broadcast on screens all around the room so no matter, no matter where you were sitting you had a view of a screen or something um and he's just plonked himself on there with a red just looked like he was ready to just go hard um so you ended up you had a we, we were not on the same table because we got our tickets separately um but you ended up on a table with a a few Red Army members and some others. Um, I don't know if you got, did you get a chance to talk to those other people on your table? Were they like ex-players or family or sponsors or just fans like ourselves? Um, so, yeah, uh, sat next to Mary, who's the president of the Red Army, was three three older fellas and, and they had so many stories about the club and they knew yep. so many people. Obviously, Mush, who's been, was the... Um, I'm lost, lost for a word here. Sorry, the equipment uh, equipment manager for Adelaide United for a long period of time. And he's such a friendly guy. He's been a good friend of these people through South Australian football and yep. everyone involved in South Australian football has come across Mush at some point. Um, they were good friends of his and other people there and they had some great stories. And then I had a gentleman and his son sitting on my left that I spoke to quite often throughout the night. Um, and he was telling me how he was a football coach and back in the day he was the assistant coach at South Adelaide Panthers first team and uh, was lucky enough to coach John Cosmina for a while. And he had some good stories there. Um, and now he's actually one of uh, Marcella Karuska's assistants in the Academy at Adelaide United. Yeah. Very nice. Very good. Um, yeah. My table was real. Like I was over the complete other side of the room to you and we had like, it was mostly other fans, like other 
supporters of the club. So I think ended up randomly um, another Red Army member, Jared, who I knew was ended up being on our table with his partner, Claudia. And I think it was her family. I've forgive me if anyone is listening that I sat with because I was I was talking the pod to people, um, but I have forgotten a lot of names. Um, but they were like they, they come down from Handor for all the home games and things like that. And then on my other side, I was talking to a guy. His name was uh, his name was Keith. Uh, shout out to Keith if he's listening. And I believe it was his son-in-law. Again, apologies, I've forgotten names. Um, who is over? He he. Keith were is a Western Stand season ticket holder, so he sits up there. And uh, we were just chatting about the different different memories and things about football. And uh, it's just great to hear other people's perspectives and stories from inside the ground. Um, interestingly, the the guy, the lad that was over from, um, we lives here. He's been living here for a good decade or so now from Scotland. But he talked about having season tickets at Celtic and going to. He was there when Celtic beat Barcelona. He was there for an old firm win when Henrik Larsson lobbed a keeper. And he said he's now got just as many uh, as good, if not better, footballing memories uh, watching Adelaide United at High Marsh or at Adelaide Oval as he as he does with a club like Celtic. So. I think it's real. It was just really cool to hear kind of stories like that, and just to hear, um, just to see that people do value this, and that this isn't just like a secondary thing behind. You know, we all support our Premier League teams and stuff, but it was good to see that people are still living this as like their number one footballing passion. You know, and it's not just a, not just something extra that they have on the side. But yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I think I think this is the great thing about events like this, and I, and I know a lot of people don't love the corporate side of of sports and these things that exist but there's just such a variety of people that are involved in the club or love the club for so many different reasons and to meet those people and and perhaps at times you and I being on different tables and having the opportunity to talk to all these different people is the reason that we go to these events and we're involved in the club's community the way we are yeah absolutely um so we get into like the formalities of the night and the theme of the night really that I felt I don't know if you felt this as well but I there was such a big emphasis on the the united aspect that Adelaide United and this whole idea of uniting SA and the community and they got the night started with um Carl Telfer doing a welcome to country um and he just he told this beautiful story I I love this he told this really genuine story about his mother and the way she started to love football and the way she kind of pushed him towards football and that she saw football as a uniting game again on this like united emphasis um and just calling it like a game of cultures or you know, because the the local team had so many different nations and backgrounds playing that sport and how it really brought people together. And I, I just thought it was a beautiful, like a really nice start to the evening, really set the tone, I think, going forward, just just the whole bringing everyone together thing. Yeah, Carl does an excellent job, uh, Carl Winter-Telfer. If you've been to a sporting event at Adelaide Oval uh, at any point, State of Origin, a port home game, AFL, anything like that, Carl quite frequently does these welcome to countries and he's just, uh, you can tell he's not, he's not reading off a script. He's not, he's not doing it for the money. It's not a job for him. He just loves getting there and, and, and welcoming people and embracing them onto, into his country and his area where, where he has always belonged and just telling great stories. Like you said, the story from his mother and her love for football last night and how he became involved in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So good. And then, after that, we get into uh, the the chair of Adelaide United, Ned Morris, got up and spoke. Um, I I didn't have too many. There was, you know, a very typical chairperson's kind of kind of speech. You know, doing the the thank yous and thank you to this person, that person, all their contributions. Spoke pretty well. Um, what I took out of this was he mentioned some of the stats on players. I I, I wrote down thirty something 
Socceroos that have come through Adelaide United. I think he might have might have been thirty eight. I just wrote thirty something and twenty something Matildas. I've got twenty one here in brackets, but again, the memory is pretty hazy. Yeah, he was big on pushing what the values of the club are and what the club can has achieved and continues to want to achieve, and just being so proud of you know. Uh, one thing that he pointed out was how many international players have come to Australia just to play for the great club that is Adelaide United. But in a sense of whilst also pointing out the pride behind those players, being proud of how many players actually weren't international players and had come from South Australia. And like you said, the, the unity was such a big theme of the night, but South Australia as well, everything that this club exists for is South Australia. And that's what it always wanted to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So Ned, Ned did his speech. And then we got a talk from, uh, I want to say Katrine Hildyard, the Minister for Sport and Racing. I don't know what you thought about this. Uh, no uh, no disrespect or discredit, but it's just a, I thought it just a standard kind of political, not a political speech, but it did have the, you know, the, we're, our government's c- contributing this now and our government's going to contribute this. And it was so good to see the Women's World Cup here, et cetera, et cetera. All the usual stuff. Um, nothing wrong with it. Just, just It wasn't catching me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think she just said everything that needed to be said. Like like you said, yeah. exactly what you expect a, a politician to do. She was obviously there in place of Peter Malinowskis, who has always sent his, sent his best wishes and, <laughs> and wanted to explain how much money, you know, that $18 million that's been plunged into, into women's sport post the, the Women's World Cup and what we can continue to do for the growth of the, the female game and for Adelaide United. Yeah. Um, the next bit, I think they had what what they called it a in the program. I think they called it a foundation panel. Um, we ended up on the stage. We had Jared Walsh there hosting a bit of a Q and A thing or a bit of a talk with. We had John Cosmina up there. We had Tony Ferruja and Orazio Di Carlo. Um, Cosmina just always always just seems to talk really well. Uh, really funny guy. Uh, he he was talking about Chu, uh, Shen Kung Chu. He made Shen Kung stand up and wave to everyone. He got a real big cheer. Um, but he talked about Chu and Rec and talked about Adelaide being like this place of great characters. And he cited those two guys as being a big part of kind of the culture of Adelaide United from the very start. Um, I just I just thought that was pretty cool. Um, he talked about, and then he also went on. He talked about kind of removing those those ethnic ties in football in South Australia and like really. Uniting the community again, we're going back to this theme of like the United stuff, but there was a lot of that last night, the talk about community and things like that. And you said um, in the booklet there, you've got the quote from Basil Scarcella. Yeah, Basil Scarcella, who was the first chairman of Adelaide United in, in 2003 and 2004. And uh, Tony and Orazio spoke about how they, they thought that obviously he was only there for the one season, but that Basil was the perfect inaugural chair to get this thing going because he kept everyone's ideas in line and pushed and he was straight to the point and yeah. that seemingly his point was constantly that this Adelaide club although that like they said a lot of the inaugural players came from Adelaide City that this Adelaide club represented what South Australian sport and what South Australian football needed yeah. and that that was to be a community and the the quote from Basil in the in the opening page of the program uh, I've been involved in football at the highest level I've spent four years on the executive of FIFA, but if you ask me what was the most satisfying and exciting thing I've done, I'd say the establishment of Adelaide United Football Club. When I think about Adelaide United, I think about a football club that Adelaide had been wanting for a long time, which is a community-based club with no affiliation to any sort of ethnic background. It was all about the football, the community, and giving South Australian kids an opportunity. And I think that is... Cosy spoke really well last night about how 
the club started out like this and they say yep. the people's club and the community club and then maybe for a period of time it wandered away from that a little bit but yep. now we're seeing under Carl and the new background staff at United and the young South Australian kids coming through and the South Australian emphasis back on the club that perhaps we're coming back to being this people's club and and the community club again and I think that's great and I think that's the direction that like Basil yeah. said it was meant to go from the beginning. I do. I, I love it. I do think there is still, uh, it's not a conversation for today, but I think there is still a conversation to be had probably in Australia more broadly than just Adelaide about how accessible football is for kids though. Um, given the cost of playing Federation football in juniors is, is pretty, pretty out there when you look at other sports. So there's a conversation around that to be had, but the idea is there and they want to get it going again. Um, this obviously, like you said, this was echoed by, um, Tony Andraz, who they were kept talking about going back to the grassroots to start the club, starting with the communities, bringing them all together. So we're talking about players, uh, referees, people who run the game, supporters of the game, just bringing all of them to have an input into how this club should be run. Um, Faruja talked about walking around the stadium um, down down Manton Street the night of the, I think it was Tony saying this, not Raz, the night of the the first game in the NSL. And just seeing straight away how many people had rallied together to support South Australian football in the form of Adelaide United. Um, you know, we had like the state colours and things like that. Uh, they even talked about making sure that um, when they started, you know, we're going to sell pies that are South Australian, like South Australian pies. What beer are we going to have? We're going to make sure we have South Australian beer. And just things like really going to the to the complete extent that you can really to make it as Adelaide as, as fuck. <laughs> yeah it's so great hearing these things like I said uh Tony and Raz spoke about those moments from how it all happened and and walking around the stadium and making sure that everything was South Australian and and how Cozzy was the perfect guy to be the inaugural coach for that um going away from this panel a little bit just quickly yeah, uh, after the second panel of the night Travis Dodd who had quite clearly had a few apple juices throughout the night yeah um he he grabbed a microphone and went and did a, a bit of a roaming Trav roaming set. Trav and the first, uh, the first table he went to was uh, Rob Muschio, who I mentioned earlier, the inaugural equipment manager for Adelaide United. Yep. His parents uh, weren't going to attend the first game. And then they saw everything that was going to be going on in the advertiser before the game. And they thought, we're going to miss out. I can't believe we've missed out on this. Um, and don't ask me how they've done it. But within five hours before kickoff, they've chartered a flight from Wyala to Adelaide gotten in for the game and then watched the game, <laughs> saw a win, brilliant, uh, and then flown back to Wyala that night on the same chartered plane and gone home to bed. <laughs> and ever since then, they've been Adelaide United members and they're 20-year foundation members. And there's just, it's amazing like we have our stories with Adelaide United, but there's thousands out there that people would have and, and more of them need to be heard. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of my favourite things in football is like just hearing hearing the different perspectives and different stories of people because everyone sees it differently. We all live through different eras and, you know, like you're, you're significantly younger than me. So even like your, your favorite, like Adelaide memories and things, you know, outside of the obvious, the grand final and things could be like completely different, a completely different group of players to mine. Um, and, and the older ones even more so, I guess. Um, yeah. So speaking of Trav, the next panel they got up uh, in between the two panels here, they did have, um, they had the grand final highlights on the screen. Um, I don't know about you, man. This just, every time I see it in a setting like that, it just gets me. Like there's moments where I just like, I'm starting to feel it all come back, all that emotion and everything that was like outpoured during that. I don't know. It was just really cool in a room like that. And people were like, 
the whole room was cheering the goals and stuff as they went in on the highlights. Um, we had a table next to us. I'm not sure who they were, but there was a couple of ladies on that table who were very, very vocal every time they showed um, like highlight packages on the screen, whether it was the grand final or clips of some of our best goals. And they were just like up and about. It was so good. But yeah. yeah so some of the clips they showed throughout the night was so good. One of my favorite things they did was the, uh, the recorded messages from the people yeah. who couldn't be there. Um the cheer that Pablo Sanchez got when he popped up on the screen and, and told everyone how much he still love Adelaide and hopefully he'll be here again one day. Um, it amazes me that he was sitting there in his training gear and that all these yeah. years after that, you know, what are we seven years post grand final now and Pablo Sanchez, who was doing his at the time called retirement tour in Adelaide yeah. is still back in Spain, kicking <laughs> on playing football. Um, so but good. it was just so good seeing those faces and, and knowing the connection that they still have with Adelaide United and with South Australia. There was um. Can you? I don't know if you can remember all of them. Like they had GMO, they had uh, Pablo, like you said, Craig. Obviously, uh, that got a pretty big cheer when Craig popped up on screen. Aware Bill was a great one. I've forgotten that guy. He just talks so well, and he just seems like he's just such a likable guy. Um, I'd love to see him back in Adelaide kid at some point. The most random one I thought I had it in my notes here. The most random moment of the night I think was John McCain popped up. Yeah, John McCain. Message. I did not realize that John McCain spent three years. In Adelaide, it, to me, it was like one, but like he spent three years in Adelaide. He said one of his kids was uh, born here and stuff. So he has a pretty strong connection still with Adelaide. So I didn't expect that one. But like I said, all these stories and things, I'm here for it, all of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, It's still rattling me every time Um, in the messages for SIS's 250th game that the club did. And then last night for the 20th anniversary, Josip Gombau standing there in his full Aston Villa get up talking about Adelaide United is <laughs> just such a weird crossing <laughs> of paths. It's, it's so random, isn't it? What a strange career that guy has had, Gombau. He's been all over. Um, So we got the next panel. The next panel had Travis Dodd, Bruce Chitte, Rachel Quigley, I don't know what you got out of this, but um, all three I thought just spoke spoke very well and just had some some great stories to tell. Yeah, um, Rachel Quigley is a genuine champion at doing things like this. I've seen her talk before, and I've heard a lot of people say that you know you get the the why is she up there with with Dotty and and Jitte's coming around and but she was at Adelaide United for such a long time and yeah. she's such an integral part of what that women's team and how it's grown. And the story that she told about Diagic Alagic was was brilliant. Because I got that, that in my is, notes here. It's beautiful. That is back to the start of when, you know, we're all up and about and around women's football at the moment. And we've just had the Women's World Cup come through Australia and Adelaide and South Australia. So everyone yep. loves it. But Quiggs being 17 years old all those years ago, coming in and debuting for Adelaide United and playing alongside Diane Alagic, who was a hero at the time. And uh, when Di was playing with the Matildas and Quiggs was being, I think she said, 13 or 14 years old, she managed to get a selfie with her after a Matildas game. Yeah. And it was the wallpaper <laughs> on her phone for six or seven years. Yeah. And then she debuted at 17 years old. She played with Di, who was a hero. She played with all these South Australian footballers. She is an integral part of what you Adelaide have done with this women's program. Yep, definitely. She went on to have a great career and now she's back here. She plays in our Legends games. Um, and she's noted that it was probably only 18 months to two years ago that she finally had the courage <laughs> to tell Di that she was her wallpaper for about six or seven years. And oh, so good. The, the best stories. And it's wonderful that stories like that exist for all parts of our club going back 10 to 12 years. Yeah, absolutely. I've got, uh, I had that in my notes here. I've also got about Trav. Now, Trav is like, um, uh, Travi Dodd is in my all-time favourite Adelaide. Like he's top, like podium. He's right up there. Um he talked about the grand final just being like 
bittersweet for him. And I get it. Like for us, it's fine. We were never like playing whatever, but he is just one player for the for me that I just like really do. I just feel for like he never really got the trophies at Adelaide United that he probably deserved. And he's not the only one, but he stands out for me. He was a long time captain, spent a lot of time at Adelaide and you could like just really led from the front. And you can see he clearly, he clearly still loves, he loves Adelaide and he's, he was roaming around last night having the time of his life and he was providing a lot of entertainment for everyone. Uh, But you do just, you just feel for him and he, he rightfully so he feels bittersweet about it. Like celebrating the win. He said he was out there at half time because he'd retired that year from, Earth, I think. And so he was there at halftime in the grand final being paraded around. But yeah, tough. Yeah, he, uh, I think what you just said then was perfect when he spoke about the Rosie Panetta, one of the hosts, first of all, asked him if it was a bittersweet moment for him. And he said, I yeah. don't remember Rosie. I was quite pissed in the grandstand, to be <laughs> he honest. Did, didn't he did, didn't he? Which is, I remember him going up there and the and Jason and Connie that I was sitting next to have gone, here comes the Travi Dodge show. Hey, yeah, he's here just, he goes. Every time he gets on a microphone, he's so entertaining and so many great stories to tell. Um, but saying that it was, it felt bittersweet for him and that Adelaide United, obviously we had this, this lead at halftime in this game and we were on the the verge of what was going to be the biggest moment in the club's history. Um, and all these supporters that have been through the ringer and seen so much and suffered so much and were about to get the best moment they've ever had. And he'd left Adelaide and he'd gone to Perth. And then, like you said, he was paraded around at halftime with the rest of the retirees and the legends. Um, and he said, and it was bittersweet until, until I was paraded around and, and the reception that I got when my name was called out on the PA system, the reception that I got from the Adelaide fans who were about to experience the greatest moment in, you know, 15 years of supporting this football club, but still had so much care for me, just reminded me of how much I did that even though I'm not out there with the 11 players on the pitch or part of this squad and I won't get a medal, I'm an integral part of why this championship happened. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Um, It would have been lovely for him to get one at some point. Would he play in two losing grand finals in the champions league final as well? Um, Bruce uh, had a bit of a similar story talking about um, like initially talking about the disappointment of like having a loss in the grand final. He said, I think he's Bruce just as always, Bruce Zitte, just very professional and very honest when he talks, talks so well. Um, but he talked about like chatting with Burnsy after the, after the six nil grand final. I was like, ah, it's all right. We'll be here again pretty soon. And then nothing. And then he was, he said he was like six months into his professional career and he's already talking about winning winning championships and stuff. And then he thought it might not ever happen. And we got to the point 2016 where he finally did get it. But he was he was just another one. He's always great to listen to, Bruce. Yeah, I loved when he uh talking about Eugene and he said that he went up to Eugene after they uh sorry, well two things. I'll go I'll go chronologically. He said sure. walking across the across the bridge before the the crowd was building and they walked yeah. under the under the stadium and, and through the tunnel and there was already, you know, this is hours and hours before kickoff yeah. and there's already time building and they were talking about how good this crowd's going to be. And then he noted we walked all the way under the dressing room to go out for our warm-up and we could hear how loud it was 45 minutes before kickoff and yeah. and how full the stadium was. And he said, and, and myself and Issa, Isaias, walked out through the tunnel onto the stadium and we just stopped and looked around. And I looked at Issa and I said, we're winning today. There's no way we're not winning. The confidence. No fucking chance we're letting all of these people down. Yeah. And I just the the magnitude of what that grand final was and how many people were there. It's it's not lost on the players either. And I think that's so great. It's one of the Absolutely. biggest things we'll experience yeah. ever in, in South Australia for, for the game of football. Um, and then to say that after the game he went up to Eugene and they'd obviously been through it all together with the six nil and the losing grand finals and whatnot. Um 
not experienced it at all. And they finally win. And he said, other than the birth of my two kids, it's still to this day the best moment in my entire life. Um, yeah. And he said, I went up to Eugene on the ground and I said, I've never felt this happy in my entire life before. Like, obviously, I can't control the emotions coming out of me. He goes, if I feel like this right now, how do you think people feel when they win the World Cup or, or they win a Champions League? And yeah. and Eugene looked at me and he goes, it, it doesn't matter what you win. He said, it's that feeling of winning that you get. He said, if you won the Champions League or you won the A-League Championship like you did right now, you'd feel the same. And that feeling of pure joy, and I think that resonated throughout 55,000 people that day. Yeah, absolutely. We all felt it. Um, I don't know. I, easy, easy for Easy for us to say. You'd be just as happy even if you won a World Cup. We've never won a World <laughs> Cup, but um, I completely get the sentiment. I, I get it. Um, excellent stuff. The next bit of the night, we had uh, the captains, uh, Ryan Kiddo and Izzy Hodson got up. I'll be honest with you, I missed this whole thing. I uh, I went to the bathroom, came out, got a drink, uh, got stuck in a conversation with someone, finished that drink, went and got another drink, uh, went back, had a conversation with someone else, and I missed this entire bit. But I assume as captains of the club, they both spoke well. Yeah, um, I think again, what you the two captains get up there, they're up there for about five minutes. They both look yeah. like they were well past their bedtime and their curfews. Um, <laughs> and they just said what you expect them to say. Um, yeah. but I, I loved Izzy Hodgson's one mention where she said, you know, I think it's a lot easier for Ryan to get up here and talk about how we're going because the men are in the hunt for finals and they've been so close for the last few years. And she said, yeah. captaining a women's side that is yet to have any success in finals. And and unfortunately, they sit dead last on the table at the moment. Yeah. She said, it's a bit harder for me to get up here and, and talk about our season and, and talk about being proud of it, even though we're in the situation we are. And she said, I think that that what I'm getting out of the whole night and this whole experience of being captain of Adelaide United is the football will come and the results will eventually come because it just does for every team. You know, you get there eventually. One day our women's team in the next, if they exist for 50 years, will win a title. It will happen. Um, but where we've gone from struggling and not having any individual success or career progression to now being able to develop these young South Australian female footballers. And she said yep. to, to watch that everyone's spoken about the women's world cup and how good it was and how proud of this country and female sport they've come. And she said, but from a selfish perspective and for me to watch uh, Alex Chidiak and Charlie Grant, who are South Australian yeah. girls and came through Adelaide United play on a world cup stage shows that, regardless of the final success not being there yet, that this program and, and the women's team at Adelaide United has progressed so far. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Charlie Grant was another one that popped up in one of those voice messages we forgot to mention, um, but in, in the Spurs kit. And I think we just, there was another big cheer for a similar, like a big cheer when Craig showed up and then a big cheer when Charlie Grant showed up, which I think just shows like how, you know, we're just so proud of when an Adelaide talent moves to, you know, what we perceive to be like the big time, you know, which is like, you know, the Premier League or the the Super League in England um, and those top clubs that we've all grown up with. Um, excellent stuff. I don't know if you've got anything else uh, that was kind of about it for it. They had a bit of an auction with Timmy Ginevra. I've just got, I've got a note here I wanted to go through. Um, great to hear from Dom Ronaldo. He was at one of the tables roaming, roaming Chav, found him at one point. I just wanted to mention this purely from, this is a selfish thing, but my introduction, I just thought I'd share this story. Um, my introduction to Adelaide United was listening to games. I listened to games on the radio for about a year before I ever went to a game. And that's because I just, I, I was like a kid and we didn't have Foxtel, so I couldn't access the games. So I would listen. They used to be on, they'd be on like Life FM or Fresh FM sometimes. Um, 
but it was Dom Ronaldo and he would be commentating uh, with Abby kids. So for me, like he is like my first introduction to Adelaide United football and just like hearing him talk and he's so passionate and knowledgeable about it all as well. He was a great commentator. I remember that season um, listening to the shootout against Newcastle on the radio um, and, and that horrible grand final against Melbourne victory. We've got something else on that actually from, from Johnny Cosmina that you can go over in a sec about that. But um, yeah, just, I just always great to hear it. He's just got one of those voices. I love to hear it. And it just brings back all these memories of how I first got into following Adelaide United. And I kind of missed, you know, when, when the games went off the radio and went on there, you know, for away games, if I'm at work or something and I couldn't watch it, it would have been nice to be able to tune in and hear Dom, but alas, uh, here we are. Yeah, Dom's excellent. I said to you, Dom was one of the names that came up when you asked me who I'd like to go on a night out with. I mentioned Dom, <laughs> Dom Ronaldo because I think he probably enjoys having a beer or two. And I just think out of all the people in South Australian sport, he's probably got some unbelievable stories in the in the areas that we're we're interested yeah. in. Um, and it's so great to see as well um, his son, Lucas Ronaldo, that was there last night too, is so involved with South Australian sports media too at the moment. Yep. It's just great to see that that legacy continue. Um, you mentioned Johnny Cosmina and talking <laughs> about that Newcastle shootout in the grand final. Um, yeah. I don't want to use the word the word blamed, but when when <laughs> Walshy uh Walshy quickly asked Cosy about Romario and his stint in, in yeah. Adelaide, um Johnny didn't speak very fondly of old Romario. He said Well, well um, I can understand he, why. He came in at a point in the season and he said we were flying at that point. In comes Romario, unfit, can't train because he's got injured groins, but he's playing head tennis at Henley Beach on soft sands every night. <laughs> Stayed for a month, was more of a holiday, killed all our momentum, and by the time we finally got going again after he left, we played our grand final against Newcastle to get to the grand final. We then got to Melbourne. Things were already shit, and they just got even shitter very quickly. Romario, hey, <laughs> he fucked us. He well and truly fucked us. <laughs> I don't know if you can pin it all on Romario. It's nice to have a scapegoat, though. And if the scapegoat's going to be one of the most prolific goal scorers the world's ever seen, then so be it. I'm still not convinced that um, I'm still not convinced that Romario actually scored that goal that he's given credit for in Hamas. I don't know if it came off him last. I, I'm not confident. Yeah. Grim. Very. No, excellent night, though, all round. I really enjoyed myself. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you have any other stories or anything from the night you wanted to share. There was... There was, we were out on the um, outside kind of having a chat, having a drink, looking at the Oval, and there was a, a couple next to us taking a photo. And um, Cello Karuska walked out and said, beautiful couple, then straight away came over to us and said, not you guys. So Cello does not think we're beautiful. So Yeah, I asked the question. Uh, I said, are we are we not a beautiful couple as well? And he said, oh, you can be, you can be. And it's uh, very good. Backtracking. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Um, yeah, overall, awesome night. Uh, very, very grateful to have been a part of it. I think I would have had massive the, the FOMO if we didn't end up going. Like I said, we ummed and ahed for a while about it. Very happy we did. Um, yeah, I guess shout out to everyone involved in it. Awesome night. Uh, have you got anything else? No, that's all from me. On to great night. On to Melbourne City now. On to Melbourne City Thursday night. Yeah, beautiful. Let's go. All right. If you are, yeah, if you're still with us. Keep checking out the pods. Uh, check us out on social media. We've got Facebook, Insta, Twitter, all that stuff. X. I've got to stop calling it Twitter, man. I keep dead naming it. Can't do that. All right. Have a good week, folks. Go the Reds. Hopefully we pump City again because they, they just can't beat us. They're our, they're our boys. They're our bogey side. They're, we're their bogey side. They're their bogey side. I'm yeah. just going to stop talking. See you later. <laughs>